is TikTok encouraging people to get dangerous pets? This week, we're going to discuss some of the trends that we're seeing on TikTok that maybe promote potentially harmful, dangerous, and risky pets, and what we as veterinary professionals should do when we see this type of content. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And you guys know that I really don't do the TikTok thing, but Becky does. And this week we're going to talk about a disturbing trend that we both have noticed of people promoting, having, and somehow really encouraging others to have some potentially dangerous pets. And not just dangerous pets, but maybe some animals that shouldn't be kept as pets at all. So before we get into that conversation, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, before we get started with this TikTok mess, you've got an exciting announcement. I mean, the Giving Tree has been nominated for a really cool award. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I'm beyond excited and super honored. The Veterinary Giving Tree has been nominated for a Bright Minds Award. Um, And in a category of people or organizations that are being innovative and helping people in doing so. So it's a huge honor and it's actually a really great opportunity for the Giving Tree to get some, um, you know, visibility. And with visibility, we know we can help more people. So if you can, head over to the Veterinary Industry Giving Tree Facebook or Instagram and follow us. And then check out the link to the Bright Minds Award by the Bridge Club. And you can vote for us once a day. We would really, really appreciate (laughs) it. And I just want to say, I mean, everyone in the lineup in every category is just phenomenal and doing great things. And we're so honored and really appreciate your support. And Viewfinders, if you're not familiar, if you're new to our podcast, Becky started an amazing philanthropy uh, last year. It's called the Veterinary Giving Tree, in which she finds, identifies, and helps veterinary colleagues in need. So definitely go check out the website. Definitely go and vote because uh, this kind of recognition can really help her. So Becky, awesome. Thank you. I'm excited. Now we go to the not quite so awesome. So Becky, you are definitely more of a fan of TikTok than I am. Um, And you have been telling me about some things that you've been seeing that you're like going, hey, Dr. Ward, what do you think about this? It's funny. Like, if you are, well, so I will say this. By default, I think you are more into TikTok than you realize because you Instagram. And TikTok (laughs) almost um, always gets it automatically posted over to Instagram. So if you're on any platform, you guys are probably seeing some of these trends. I will say I rock the TikTok hole several times a day. I know Miss <laughs> Laura does as well, so you yeah. see what happens. It's it's a hole. Oh, um, yeah. But in this hole, you know, I'm finding a lot of exotic animals, a lot of exotic animal owners. Um, and we've even had some drama here recently in North Carolina with some exotic pets and Um, additionally, I've come across a couple articles just throwing the idea out there that like, how is social media influencing, uh, people who get these exotic pets? 
So are we seeing these exotic pets and saying I have to go out and, and get one? And two, like, where are they getting care? Are they getting care? I don't know. It's a lot to unpack, but it, it's kind of bugging me. Right. And and so viewfinders, if you're not familiar, the story that brought this to light to me by way of Becky, of course, was in Raleigh. There is a, a TikTok star. I'm not going to name his name. I don't want to give him any additional promotion whatsoever. But this is a young man and he has a basement. He lives with his parents. He has a basement full of mainly venomous snakes. And in fact, I believe, Becky, they just took out like 75 venomous snakes from this guy this week yeah. or something. And he's been super charged. Like he did not oh. have them legally. He's got oh. A ton of charges against him. So, you know, but, this was not a, a, a good setup from the beginning. No, but meanwhile, he is just earning or yeah. somehow generating hundreds of thousands, millions of TikTok views and followers and all that stuff. And what happened was one of his Cobras while he was doing a TikTok video in his backyard, escaped, uh, terrorizing the neighborhood for like a week. They finally found the, the, the cobra in the neighbor's house. But I mean, so that's how this whole thing kind of got kicked off, Viewfinders. It's like, this is a person who was really, I guess, ex exposing the world to how he kept all of these venomous snakes and he was a snake wrangler and he could do this with cobras and all this stuff. And meanwhile, TikTok is like, 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 like. And Becky's like, is this a good thing? Because like you said, there's all these other pets, not just this venomous snake guy. There's tons of this stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, one of the ones that comes to mind, and, and I don't want to be negative about it because I really enjoy the, <laughs> this particular account, um, but she's got these tiny spiders. I don't even remember what kind of spiders they are. They're itsy bitsy. And she got these spiders to help her with her own personal arachnophobia. Okay. So um, she has kind of created the content in a way to bring a less fearful approach to spiders and to kind of increase education and awareness about the fascinating and amazing things that spiders are capable of. Um, but also she like mail orders these spiders oh. and that makes me one kind of uncomfortable for the spider Two, I wonder where are they coming from, right? Like obviously they're being bred somewhere. Um, but we also know that, you know, importing and shipping and illegal exotic transport is like a huge issue as well. So then it kind of makes me wonder about that aspect of it is, is not only are we compromising the husbandry, but where are all of these animals coming from? Right. And again, just from an animal welfare perspective, you know, I, that does concern me. I agree. And the other thing too is, Becky, this would be easy to transport because these are tiny, tiny little spiders, you know, and so you could smuggle a hundred of them in a little film container or something and voila, it comes from Asia or wherever and suddenly now you've got a room full of spiders if you choose to do that, I guess. Yes. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. And that's the other thing is that it concerns me because where are they getting, I don't know what kind of veterinary care spiders need. I know they don't live very long. Um, and I do think a lot of these people are doing it well. So I guess I want to say that too. I think there are a lot of people who have done a lot of research. I think they're, a lot of them have good intentions. Now this guy with the venomous snakes, you know, lost one. And then there was a loose zebra cobra in Raleigh, which was... <laughs> A big concern. And this um, is a regular neighborhood, folks. I mean, this oh, yeah. isn't like out in the boonies. This is down like in a normal neighborhood. So, right. Like those uh, little ticky tacky cutter, you know, right. like, like cardboard cutout house neighborhood cul-de-sacs. And they did find it. But, 
huge risk and danger to everyone, right, in that neighborhood, dogs, animals, everything. So, again, it's like, where does the line fall between who's doing a good job, who's not, who's regulating it? it are, do these people have the proper, you know, permits and things? Um, who enforces it if they don't? Like, all of this is really kind of, I, again, like, I don't know that I have a lot of answers, but I, I must feel like, you know, those bingo ball turners? Like, I've got all that going on in my head about this because, one, is it a good thing? What is the good part of this? Like, can we pull, extrapolate from this, like, the awareness, can the education, um, the fact that people are, you know, um, expanding their boundaries. We always talk about diversity in the industry, and maybe if we expose more people to animals, are we going to have more people interested in them? Um, right. But are we looking at the animals? Say, I mean, I see people with, you know, prairie dogs in their house and, you know, uh, giant snakes. There's a guy that's like the real Tarzan. Um I don't know. I don't know. I know it's just a lot. And I wonder for those that are taking care of some of these animals, what role does that play? How many questions do we ask? How comfortable are we? And what happens when you all of a sudden are put in a position of taking care of an animal that you know nothing about? Right. And viewfinders, that's the first question I want to ask you. Like, have you seen an increase in the request from people with, with exotic animals? Like, is this actually promoting or fueling ownership of a kinkajou, for example, or a prairie dog or something like that? And if so, are you getting those phone calls? I will tell you, Becky, you know, one of the things that, that I have uh, been watching closely for the past several years is uh, many of these exotic species, you will see them promote it as not needing veterinary care. And they use that as a selling point, as a value add to say, oh, it won't cost you as much as like a regular pet. And I don't think that's true at all. I think that if it's an animal, it's probably going to get sick. And if it's an animal that's sick, then that's where the veterinary profession comes in. So I'd love to know, first and foremost, viewfinders, are you seeing any type of increase or rise in the request to care for exotic animals? And then the second thing is, what is our professional responsibility, Becky? So like, had I seen this person person's posting of TikTok with venomous snakes in his backyard, you know, am I, do I have any type of responsibility or obligation to report that? Or I don't even know what to do, right? Right. And I guess that's kind of like my point. And, and I guess my question too would be like, I have no idea what the exotic and wildlife animal laws are in my state, you know, or in my county and my city, right? Because they trickle down. I mean, I know you're not allowed to rehab rabies vectors, but that's about as far as my knowledge goes. And so are we, do we, I guess I think about right. from the veterinary standpoint, when there's like a questionable situation, a lot of times I know the the veterinary professionals that I know don't want to go and report anybody because they want the animal to get the best care. And then like what happens to this animal? Does it get put down or right. destroyed or what happens when it, if it is illegal? Um, but then I guess my other question is if it, do you even know it's illegal and what's the right thing to do ethically for the pet? Right. And that's where it gets back to the animal welfare component. So let's say viewfinders that somebody does get a prairie dog or kinkajou or some cute little spider, right? And and they see it on TikTok. And they're like, I gotta have it. This is the perfect pet for me. Um, how do we teach them to care for it, right? A lot of these exotic animals do have very specific nutritional and husbandry needs, right? And 
I am not trained in the care of tiny little fuzzy spiders. Like I just didn't, didn't take that class. I skipped it, slept through it, something. But Becky, you know, where do they go for advice is also a really important component here. Again, I think that's the social media aspect is they're going to these probably, I mean, I've never searched, but I guarantee you in 15 seconds, we could find some exotic animal owner Facebook pages and, you know, advice. I know, um, I don't know if you guys remember when I had the little pig situation at Christmas a few years ago, there was 4 million mini pig owner Facebook pages and it's no different than it is with dogs and cats. They're, you know, giving out just crazy information, tons of information, recommending certain antibiotics, asking nutrition information. They're crowdsourcing it. Right. Wow. And again, as I mentioned earlier, in one of the posts, it said, at least you don't have to pay for a vet. <laughs> you know, So the advantage of having this particular species of animal is you don't have to take them to the vet. All right. So Becky, let's get back to this. Now, what, what do you think the allure is? Like, you know, from a TikTok perspective, is this sort of that, you know, it's so bizarre, I'm going to like it and therefore kind of continue to encourage this behavior? Or or is it a genuine interest in the animal? Or is it a freak show? I mean, what, what do you think is driving this? Sometimes I think it is like being popular. And I hate to say this, but, with the, you know, there are so like, when you watch these documentaries on what's going on with social media and the, the these lives that are basically being completely devoted to, I, I read something the other day that you have to make three TikTok videos a day to basically uh, be seen and that you, there, you know, there's algorithms that are based on the brightness of the color of the video, the um, amount of the length of the content it's the algorithms are crazy and so I think people are really trying to hit these algorithms and the stuff that does it and when they see the stuff that does it 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 just they want it Right. So it's attention seeking in your opinion. It seems like a lot of people and and maybe the more exotic that it is, the more clicks or likes or views that you'll have. And therefore, again, this just encourages. So so I think viewfinders, that's a really another important element of this discussion that we've really got to to, I think, address as a profession. Like at what point does this attention seeking behavior get to so marginalized so much to the extreme that it becomes dangerous and the profession has to step in. I mean, I can tell you, I I haven't seen anything around this at all from the American Veterinary Medical Association. And so is this something that they should be looking at, Becky? Probably. I mean, we look to them for the baselines, right? We right. we often say, you know, what is the position statement? And we look to the American Medical Association for that. Oftentimes, I think we're behind the game on, on those types of things. And, you know, do we look to in our own state and federal enforcements? You know, where what is what is being missed that so many animals are imported and um, sold? You know, this isn't entirely like a black market monkey out of a trunk thing. I mean, I have been to plenty of independent pet stores over the years that you can go and you can buy exotic birds. You can buy exotic um monkeys literally um even maybe like exotic fish like like we don't even talk about like you know the ethical value of fish and you know how many die why people are just experimenting on how to have a saltwater tank right right that is a really good point and i think what social media for all the good it can do this is another potential bad because it amplifies your access to these super exotic things right like i've never honestly considered having a tiny fuzzy spider as a pet 
that. Like I didn't know that was a thing. So sorry, viewfinders, I'm that far behind. But suddenly now someone sees this and probably thousands of people see this and they go, I got to have me one of these spiders. Where did you get it? And like you said, it's a, it's a website, a click and a credit card transaction away. So I, I guess that's exactly it is like I said in the beginning, there are some of these channels that I think are out there for education, right? And would absolutely not tell anybody and would say, you know, you have no business, honestly. Um, but even look at how easily my sister could get a pig and just bring it to me in, right, in a, right. within city limits. Like, that, I, don't, I don't think it should be that easy for something that, again, when it showed up here at my house on Christmas Eve, had a lot of husbandry needs that were not going to be met immediately. And so I think you're right. I think people are like, Oh, where do you get this? And then it is fully in the hands of the person um, to make the right decisions or not. <laughs> right. And we know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't always end well for America. But anyway, the, the reality of this Cobra case in Raleigh was as, as the news stories continued to, to come out, it, it was completely legal. What this kid was doing was legal up until the point when it, he actually exposed it to the public. So he could keep those venomous snakes in his basement as long as he met some very basic provisions like having a locked cage and a locked door. And it was when he actually didn't have them in a locked facility that he got in all the trouble. And apparently, you know, uh, you know, anyway, so, so things ended badly on a lot of levels. And they could have ended a lot worse, quite frankly. So luckily they didn't. But, you know, Mike, getting back to this point of, of Becky saying, look, we don't even know what the rules and regulations are. Sadly, Becky, many times there aren't rules and regulations. Right. Like, you know, I I would really argue, I would love to know, viewfinders, if if it's legal to keep venomous reptiles and spiders in your area, right? Like that's probably not something that your legislature has had to confront and make a law, right? I mean, well, it's probably like, what? Yeah, but like I even think about the legal requirement for dogs right. in North Carolina, right. food, right. water, shelter. So like and it's very questionable things, what shelter is. Very and how much questionable. Water. <laughs> very. So, and, and there's very little they can do about it, right? Shelters are overpopulated. The last thing we want to do is separate these dogs from their owners because it doesn't end well for them very often. So, uh, this is a spiral of a problem, absolutely. But you're right. I think, from again, a legislative standpoint, we are not making the rules. We are not getting in front of it. We are not the ones saying this is what is and is not acceptable. And therefore, you know, it's not that important. You know, Steve Dale posted a, an article the other day that, you know, had something to do with somebody commenting to this lady that it was just a cat. And the whole conversation was sort of around what is just a cat. And I think to myself, that is the underlying opinion of the people who are outside of our field for the most part and a lot of ways. I shouldn't say a lot, you know, but a lot of people are like, man, it's just an animal. Right. And as long as that's the attitude, and, and by all means, if you're in legislation and, and you're trying to deal with getting people food, water, shelter themselves, human beings, then worrying about if dogs, cats, and snakes have it probably isn't top of your list. Um, but for us, it's very personal. For the veterinary field, it's terrifying. And for people who have taken an oath, you know, um, it's it, it really worries me. And again, what am I going to do? Am I going to jump on and get lost in 4,982 comments that nobody really cares about? Or even better, these guys can choose to turn commenting off entirely and not hear any feedback at all. Um, I think all of those factors together, it's a very dangerous road we're treading. Right. And two, two important elements also, Becky. Number one, let's say you do find out that this animal is being mis 
cared for, right? Mistreated. Where's it going to go? <laughs> right. Our local animal shelter isn't uh, prepared to take on a venomous snake, right? So it's like, okay, right. that's a whole nother world of, of, of challenge there. And then the other element too, that I think uh, really does worry me as a profession is, okay, you know, this reminds me of the big cat stuff, you know, of all these people, you know, you've, you've heard about it for years, like celebrities, very rich people having these exotic animals, like they have their own tiger, right? You know, they have their own lion in their backyard. And and that was one degree of separation because you really had to work hard to get to that. And we all saw that terrible TV documentary on the the Tiger King, Lion King, what Tiger King, right? That's Tiger the guy's? King, yeah. Yeah, Tiger yeah. King. Yeah. Anyway, I've already forgotten because it's it's so <laughs> painful. But anyway, you know, you've seen those kind of things. But now when it comes down to the size of tiny spiders that you can order over the internet and be mailed to you, like this becomes a much larger problem. Does that make sense? Right? You know, it's like one thing when the profession's just having to deal with big cats, it's a handful of them in every state. You all knew who they were and you try to do your best to shut them down or take care of the cats somehow. But it's a whole nother thing when every when two people People out of 10 on your block have got some kind of, you know, secret pet in their basement. Yeah. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it, right? You don't know what you don't know. And again, I would argue, I think about like zoos and re rehab facilities and sanctuaries and how much time, effort, work and money it takes to, to fully provide the husbandry that these animals need. And to me, I think that we are we're we're learning and experimenting at the at the sake of these animals. Yeah, wow. And who knows? I mean, pandemic, the next yeah. pandemic could come out of somebody's basement because they decided to have a bunch of bats or whatever. Well, and no different. I guess my I guess it it, it should go, you know, we shouldn't go without mentioning where is the line, right? Because in theory, all of, all of these exotic animals are just that. They're exotic. And we've decided, you know, what is acceptable and what is not in terms of keeping them. And I know there have been a lot of, you know, debates about what is acceptable. You know, is it fine to have a 10-foot iguana? Is it fine to have a, you know, a crested gecko? Like, I don't know. Is it? There's so much ethical stuff wrapped up in, in that in these spaces where we are familiar with the husbandry and we are familiar with how to take good care of them in a tank in their in their space you know and like you said what life would they have otherwise because they are getting bred and they are getting imported um is this something we we really need to uh, figure out how to attack at the base or is it something that we just take that ten thousand foot view and be prepared for it wow you know and again viewfinders the, the reason we're having this conversation today is because we're trying to understand this fascination. This is something that is largely a, a social media trend. We believe it's exposing a lot of people that may then make some poor decisions on behalf of animal welfare, right? And maybe even public health and safety. So, so like, it's really like, what is driving this fascination? And then what should we as veterinary professionals do, if anything? I guess one thing that comes to mind that I want to just throw out there in case we've got any listeners that it, it falls under them is don't sponsor them. What's mm. really scary is a lot of these individuals will make money and will be sponsored and will get offers from, you know, companies that make food and companies that make husbandry type things. And um, right. we don't have any quality control in those either, we know, right? So you have these TikTokers and these these social media folks who are like, oh, I have this cat and my cat's famous now or I have this dog and my dog's famous now and now I'm out here promoting all of these products that are actual crap because I don't know any better. Um, and that scares me. And I think that we can even end up in a situation with that on a higher, scarier level with these exotic animals where it's like, look, 
not only am I going to show you how to have this animal, I'm going to show you how to take care of it with a completely unresearched and crap product. Right. It's, it's, this is, oh gosh, viewfinders, there's so much here. I mean, we, you know, we did this special episode on TikTok vets and we were yeah. concerned about the influence that sponsorship and all that could have on the message and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And wow, Becky, you're, you're totally right. I mean, literally a person with a kinkajou could be making tens of thousands of dollars by mentioning a terrarium or something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, what? Exactly. <sighs> And that's the scary part. And I think, I think, you know, like you said, the bottom line is that social media is scary. It is being sourced by our clients. And once again, and I know I'm a broken record here, but I challenge you guys to get in front of this. I challenge you guys to, you know, not discourage your teams from being on social media on their breaks. Make your teams the investigators and bring things to you that they're saying, oh my God, this is terrible so that you can get in front of it on your own social media. Like, I think we are the only ones that can get that good media, get the good information out there and to try to educate. And so when you see these accounts, I don't know if you can stitch them. I don't know if you can duet them. Uh, I don't know what you can do. I don't know if you want to create your own page for awareness, but I think that we need to be in front of this. I love that. You know, as much as we talk about social media influencers, viewfinders, maybe you should become social media investigators. And when you see something like this, alert us or somebody because we want to get the word out. And like Becky said, this is one of those topics that we feel strongly that we need to be in front of. Because again, I'm, I'm really, I have one lens that I see this world with and that's animal welfare. Like, honestly, I kind of feel bad for all those snakes stuffed down in a basement. You know, I feel bad for spiders being male across the country or the world like those things do bother me i worry about a little hedgehog winding up at somebody's home well-intentioned but then starving or having nutritional deficiency so you know these are the things that worry me that's my thing i know that a lot of the world becky like you said it's just an animal come on it's a spider it's a snake who cares right you know it's a pig uh, but to us, it's a whole lot more. And honestly, it's something we've devoted our lives to. So I'd love you finders to hear your take on this. Are you seeing this trend out there? Are you seeing the same TikToks and Instagrams and Facebook stories that we're seeing? If so, do you think this is encouraging people to perhaps bring these types of animals into their homes? We really want to hear from you. That's right. You know where to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder or over on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. And you can head over wherever you're listening, whatever platform you're on, and give us a few stars and some words of encouragement and enthusiasm toward the podcast so that other veterinary professionals like you can find this great content. Hey, and do me a huge favor and go and vote for the Veterinary Giving Tree for this award because this is really important. Uh, Becky, I'm just, you know, I'm so so impressed with what you did. You took on a big challenge and you helped out so many people last year and and just well done. You and your team have just done phenomenal jobs. So give them once again that link where they can go because I really want you guys to, to get the recognition you deserve. Yeah, so head over to The Bridge Club. You can find the link through them at thebridgeclub.com. You can also go to Facebook or Instagram and check out the Veterinary Industry Giving Tree. And links are all on our social media. Speaking of social media. (laughs) I will make sure we have it in the show notes. So again, viewfinders, you guys have a great day. Let us know what you're seeing on TikTok or social media that we need to know about and talk about. Until next week, bye. Bye. What a conversation. (laughs) Holy cannoli! Yeah.